everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the 15th episode of Riverdale Season 4, To Die For. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by my older sister. You can call her my Hermosa. Kirsten McKinnis. I thought you already had an older sister on this podcast network, and her name's Laura, so this just feels wrong. Well, I already used my secret girlfriend, so there's not much more I can do So for wait, that. I'm your older sister and your secret girlfriend? Because I've got problems with that. No, Hannah's my secret girlfriend. Come on, you're my one true love and my older sister. Great. Okay, anyways, moving on. Yeah, this, this week's episode, we have yet another special guest. We're just ramping it up. We went from like zero to like three this past month. So we're really, really getting there. I know. And I'm really excited to talk to our guest today. It's someone who I don't think I've ever personally podcast with. So this is going to be a great time bringing in the wonderful Puya Zanvakili. Puya, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am very excited to finally be able to verbalize this show that I've not taken my eyes off from the beginning. Even though all signs said to stop, I kept going. And look at me now i'm on a podcast talking about it so i i did not know until kirsten mentioned this last week that you even watched riverdale yeah i used to when i was younger the only comics i had even indulged in were the archie comics so when this came out i was like hey i know all these characters let's give it a whirl and then it was a little bit horrific and then i was like well what am i watching then i got i was too embarrassed to even bring it up then i found out kirsten watched it so i would dm her and be like hey so this is going on blah 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 and then you guys started podcast, and then I started listening to the podcast, then I fell off of the show, and then I got sick and I binged all of it, and here I am. And so, Puya, we talked about this show when it first launched. We've DM'd about it a hundred times, mm-hmm. but every time you DM me about Riverdale, I'm always like, oh yeah, yeah. Puya watches Riverdale, because I always just assume that you're better than this. <laughs> Even though, like, you're out here podcasting about the masked singer, so Prime I don't time. know where I where I got this like lofty view. Yeah, of you, are you but... putting me on this pedestal? Like, I'm not here watching peasant TV. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm out here discussing and arguing about the taco with Liana on this week's podcast. So, okay. <laughs> So the taco, yes. is it head, it's, it's just a tiny tomato, right? Yes, and <laughs> I think it does not belong there. It doesn't make sense. It's not part of the ingredients, in my Who opinion. Who puts a tomato on a taco? Well, yes! Like, I mean, I'll, the thing is, is I'll put tomato in a taco, but I'm not going to put like a whole cherry tomato. No, no, it's like diced tomatoes. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, or like, it's part I assume of, like, we're the talking about the mass singer. Yes. Yes. Okay. Just for everyone else <laughs> no, in the audience who's confused. They have a like separate me. podcast about tacos. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, so here's the thing. My stance on Riverdale, much like my stance on The Bachelor, which is nobody wins The Bachelor. Everyone loses, including the lead and the person they end up with mm-hmm. and the viewers. Much like that, no one is too, everybody is too good for Riverdale. If you're watching Riverdale, you're still, you're too good for it. Nobody deserves Riverdale. Riverdale does not deserve us. It's just a thing that we coexist with and we complain about. And, Wait, and this we week be I complained. Our, our listeners should we be telling our listeners that like they're good enough like Riverdale's good enough for them so that they they keep listening yeah I just think I think Riverdale is just like a it's like a guilty pleasure but it's it's a good time I mean I don't know Puya, are you like a closeted Riverdale fan or like are you t- out there live tweeting it uh definitely not live tweeting it definitely don't feel like I've felt comfortable enough to do that I um I secretly watched it, and then after a while, I was like, hey, Liana, I watched Riverdale. And she was like, what? I was like, yeah, I watched Riverdale. And then she kind of was like, okay, do you? And I was like, okay, I'm going to do me. And then I didn't really talk about it all that much, but I'm like, I'm a completionist. So now that I've started it, I have to know how it's going to end, even though I don't know how I'm getting where we're getting. Ah, perfect. I am also a completionist, yeah. so I, I approve of that that mentality. And now Puya is out of the Riverdale closet. Yes. I'm <laughs> because out here. he's on the podcast. You're on I, the um, podcast. I, I don't know if I'm a bughead or a barchy guy. I know that the Riverdale daddies, River Daddies were a thing that Kirsten was big <laughs> on to. Kirst- I know that. So what I know, the one thing, piece of trivia that I know most is that Kirsten's the biggest fan of Phallus. That I do. Know. Oh, yes. That is completely true. Canon. She just okay, talks about anyways, Phallus all the time. Back to Riverdale. 
Well, so Kuya, like, can you give me, just since you haven't been on this podcast before, give us your opinion over the last three and a half seasons. Did you did you enjoy one more than the other? What have you binged it? What's your what's your take? So I really I think my favorite time was I believe season two with all the Black Hood stuff. I really enjoyed all that stuff, even though it was had its highs and lows. That was my favorite part. The it took a while to get into the Gargoyle King stuff. Eventually, I was down. I don't necessarily, even the way that went down, I was just like, just tell us what's going on. I think this is definitely the most bizarre time that we're in. I know that you guys were talking about how, you know, like there's like three different scenes that are all at three different times, but then like one's dark, one's light, but they're all happening at the same time. I don't know if this has always been the case. I don't remember, but it definitely, the the way this show is done is odd for me because it really wasn't until like the last episode where we did see like the main characters are working together. Everyone was off doing their own random thing. And uh, it goes out, it gets like out of hand at points, but it's fun because honestly, it is for me very unpredictable. I don't know if people are out here like predicting things left and right, but Riverdale's the one that I, I don't know if it's because I go in without thinking about it too much, but I'm always like, oh snap, okay, that happened. I think what's weird about Riverdale for me is the genre that it's in and like the, it being a CW show. And I mean, to be fair, I haven't watched some of the other ones yet. Like I haven't watched Katie Keene or Sabrina or some of these mm. other, or Nancy Drew, some of these other shows that I like, maybe that maybe this is just how we're doing it now. But like the CW used to be really good about having these teen dramas where their strength was like putting interesting characters together and you'd have you'd have a lot of drama. Yeah. Which would make sense. But they weren't that now it's like they're they're trying to do too much now and it almost feels like, you know, I'm watching Survivor. It's like Survivor editing. I after the show I'm like, wait, I needed to see more from these characters. We've got too many people trying to do too many different things. And so I'm getting like little tiny glimpses, little screenshots of them, but they're not all just hanging out together being people. We got a little bit of that in season one, but we really haven't had a whole lot until these past couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing CW used to be was like hot teens doing hot teen stuff. <laughs> and now it's hot teens doing in the murder. most insane like situation you can imagine. Like with the way Riverdale has gone, with the twists and the turns with Sabrina, the chilling adventures with Sabrina. That honestly, like chilling adventures of Sabrina, I legitimately love, even though it's crazy. Like Riverdale, I'm kind of like, ugh, okay, that happened, as Puya said. But like Sabrina, I'm like, that happened? What? And then I feel like Katie Keene is almost taking it back to like the standard CW of yeah. hot people doing hot stuff. But they're not even teens because I think they're all 21 at least. So it's just weird. And I almost feel like I'd be bored by that. But it's honestly, you, it is a little boring. Did you guys watch, like, grow up on much Disney Channel or no? Yeah. It's called the Family Channel in Canada. Interesting. Or it used to be. I think it's called Disney yeah, Channel. We now. had the Disney Channel in Dubai for a couple years before my dad was like, no more cable. So. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Like an early cord cutter? Yeah. Because <laughs> I grew up with like, you know, your Boy Meets World and like Lizzie McGuire and even Stevens, which was mostly just like, here are some average families getting up to kooky situations. Yeah. And then Disney Channel switched somewhere in there and it was like, I'm an average teen who's secretly a pop star. I'm an average teen who secretly lives in the White House or I'm White House, White House, <laughs> or I'm an average teen who like is magical or it's like there was always like a but I'm something else. Yeah. And that's like Riverdale now is like we're normal people, but there's craziness going on and it's trying so hard not to put magic in there, but it's it's still getting ridiculous. I, yeah. I like how your example of a Disney Channel show is like I'm normal, but I secretly live in the White House <laughs> and not I'm normal, but I secretly have psychic visions. The first show in that family. Well, that's true, but I I <laughs> love that so Raven so much. Yeah. So I gave that one a pass. That's I mean, a lot. I love that so Raven, but here's the thing. I don't hate Corey in the house. Ooh, look, you know, <laughs> Is it's that too the future. Cast? <laughs> what, that you like Corey in the house? Yeah. I, I don't remember much. I just remember there being a really annoying little girl. I mean, that's every show, and I identify with that character. <laughs> I don't know. My other thing with Disney Channel is I just, I get so sick of shows where the parents are dumb. Yeah. Like, I can't watch it if the yeah. parents are, like, if the parents are complete idiots, I can't watch that show. And yeah, so, but, like, ugh. now that you're an adult and you've met more adults, isn't that pretty realistic? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You can have like kooky parents, but they don't need to be like insane. I prefer my river daddies. You know who the best Disney Channel parents are? Who? Spinelli's parents in the recess. <laughs> 
were they in the show? Hell yes. I don't remember them. Although oh my my, God. I'm pretty sure I might have just seen the recess movie. And Anyways, not... moving on. So I okay. guess we should talk about Riverdale. We should probably talk about Riverdale. 15. Yeah. So here's the thing. I'm just going to start by saying we all knew that Jughead was alive this whole time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like they, they didn't fool us. I mean, I think they fooled Noah, but that was about it. I, you look, I like my hypothesis from last time, which was that this whole thing was really just taking place in Jughead's book. Mm. And so I actually kind of have a way that it still works. Like it wasn't actually his book. <laughs> But, you know, the thing that really sold me on that theory was that people were saying shit that didn't make sense with who they were. I still think Jughead coached them on what to say a lot of the time. And so it was kind of like his writing, but it wasn't a book. It was them faking his death. So this episode did a lot more of trying to be like, we're going to show you that obviously these people are acting in everything they're saying. But we didn't know until the end, like, are they acting just because they're trying to trick the people around them for some reason or are they acting because they really are hiding the fact that Jughead's really alive? I mean, none of them at any point, including last episode, ever seemed sad that Jughead was dead. Yeah. So that's why I wasn't fooled because they would have been sad. Can we also just... Oh, I forgot. I lost it. It's <laughs> wow, gone. Great. It's great, gone. Great job. Sorry Stealing I'm Stealing the mic for no reason. Anyways, Puya, do you have thoughts on this? Like... For me, so I like the book hypothesis. Um, and It's better than Hannah's alien one. Yeah, and I think ultimately <laughs> I could see it going back to the book in that by the season finale, Jughead uses this exact storyline and sells this sure. to the Baxter brothers. So that could be something that happens, right? I remembered what I was going to say also, guys. Go for it. Mm. Can we just talk about the fact that we spent uh, the whole off season and then 13 episodes gearing up for this plot line, which was a two-episode arc? No, I'm okay with that i'd rather be a two episode arc so we can get ready to do hedwig the musical oh yeah of, of course that's what we want another a third musical episode because that's what the youths are interested in i just don't understand why they like made it seem like it was going to be so much bigger than it was like i i just was hoping for this to stretch out a little bit longer and be more interesting no no here's the thing season one was 13 episodes and they did a great job of coming up with a mystery that fit into 13 episodes season two and three both had like multiple plots going on they both had multiple villains. Season two had the Black Hood and like Hiram as a villain. And they kind of did the Black Hood for the first like couple episodes, dropped the Black Hood for a while, did all the Hiram stuff, and then brought back the Black Hood at the end. And then season three had like the farm and who was the other the one? Gargoyle the Gargoyle King. King. Yeah. And they kind of like alternated farm and Gargoyle King throughout that season. Riverdale clearly can only come up with half a season's worth of plot. And so I think they're just going to try to wrap this up like next episode and then do something else for the last 10 episodes. I don't know. This episode left a bad taste in my mouth. And it's not because Jughead was alive. It's because I knew that he was going to be alive. It's because they tried to also make me ready for Betty and Archie, which I'm not ready for. Yeah. I refuse to acknowledge that as something that happened that I watched. I also did. But then, like, did you see the texting, though? That No, it's the texting. Yeah. The texting was the thing that got me. I'm like, you guys could have dropped it, but you didn't. And you were trying so hard to convince your significant others that you guys are going to be forever. But clearly, this is either coming back or... Or the show is just like, you know what, let's throw a bone to those people. Kevin in this episode saying, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, yeah, there are a lot of people who said it's it's been a long time and we were looking for some Barchi and that Bughead should never have happened. I mean, you're just speaking to the audience. Yeah, what that was was a hate crime to me because of how much I hated it. Because of all the ship <laughs> names? <laughs> yeah, I was like, this isn't okay. Like, who talks in ship names in their real life? It, um... I feel like Brangelina was one of them. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I don't think like their friends called them that. No. No. I mean, you had the people who like had the shortened names like J-Law and like K-Stew and. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. People call me K-Mac all the time. Mm -hmm. But like. My friends at work call me Gator and I still haven't figured out why. (laughs) (laughs) Gator. I don't, like, um, I have no wait, idea. I don't think what? it's from For anything. how long has this been going on? I mean, it's only, like, three of them, but I don't know, do like, you a say, year? Do you say, like, later when you leave a room? No. I, and then you I go later, and then you walk out, and they go, Gator. Like, at some point, they all had nicknames, but their nicknames, like, made sense with their name. And then with and then I was like, oh, so what's my nickname? And they're like, oh, it's Gator. I think I, that I that means you actually have a different nickname that they did um, not want to tell you because it's mean. Um, it's really sad. Do you indulge in Gatorade? 
No, that see that would make sense. What huh. about haterade? Well, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Anyway, what did you guys? I was felt attacked right at the beginning of this episode when it it showed Jughead's birth to death, and he was born in two thousand one. <laughs> I yes. painful. I work with a boy who is 19, and today as he was leaving, he was like, "Well, my birthday's almost in 2003 or some garbage year after 2000." And I said, "Go home. You're no longer welcome here." Uh, also, when did Jughead say life's not an Agatha Christie lo- novel? It's a lot messier. I couldn't tell you, I but also, how somewhere. come he? died on March 18th when the party was on the Friday, the Ides of March, which couldn't have been in 2020. Why can't they just get the days of the week right? <laughs> That's a good point. We had this whole theory of like what year this show was set in based on the date, and then they just mess us up with saying that March 18th was 2020, which is not the Ides of March, and that was just confusing. Yeah. Let's see. March 18th 2020 is a Wednesday, so well, nice I guess that try. Makes sense if he was found on the Wednesday, no, but he, like what, he was found like four days later. Yeah, I that's ridiculous. Yeah, like there was definitely time that passed, but I just—that's not how death works. <laughs> they don't say, "Well, we found you now." Well, I guess yeah. he died today. I mean, death also isn't where you get hit in the head once with a rock and immediately die. They okay. didn't even hit him on the temple or like stick around to make sure he was dead. They just attacked him. We're like, you know what? Yeah, we could definitely kill someone with one blow. Let's also paint some of his blood on a second rock for later. Stick a rock in Betty's hand. And then, you know what? Perfect murder. Okay, that's a good point. Let's look at last episode, because that's really the one I care more about. Oh, no. Is there a way, like, to contextualize this, assuming that at all times everyone here was in on the plan? I don't know, because I feel like the- Like, when... were they afraid of being bugged? Right. I don't know, because they, they told Alice at the end of this episode, like, for what whatever reason they decided she didn't need to be in on the plan but like everyone else was also mary andrews so my guess is last episode the parents were not in on the plan like it was just charles and then at some point between last episode and this episode because like archie tells mary at the end of the episode yeah like if you had to choose one parent to involve which one would you pick because for me it would be alice no, for me, I would say, really? don't let FP suffer with his son's yeah. death. Just tell him that he's not dead. FP immediately. Yeah. Mm, FP, the, no, one is, I would the one who's investigating. Like, I don't know, because they don't tell us, and I don't think they ever will, because that's not how the show works. So was FP, like, did he actually arrest them? And then some later point, they're like, dude, your son's not dead. And then he's like, oh, okay, never mind. Well, no, like, why did FP have that rock and be so sad about it and give it to Charles for testing? Well, that's that's before he knew. That's before I think he that knew, was for last sure. episode. Yeah, that was before. So like, I don't at, know what at what point, point did they loop him in? I think probably when they decided they needed to be more offensive with the whole deal. Yeah, when they switched from defense to offense. Yeah, you know, game plan, let the coach understand. <laughs> I mean, it, it, this whole this whole thing is dumb. All right, let's go through a little bit of some of these plot points here because okay. we've just been talking. It's fine. Nobody gets mad about our format except for Rob Sestrinino, <laughs> So Well, hey, but we introduced the episode title this time, so he has nothing to complain about. It happens once and we're never going to let him down. It just had to be the one he listened to because you know he's never gone back. (laughs) No, I'm sure not. He did seem intrigued when we mentioned that there might be time travel. Turns out there wasn't time travel. Sorry, Rob. Don't tell him that. At least not yet. (laughs) I mean, Rob, if you want time travel, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, you only have to get through three seasons to get it. Rob's not listening. Okay. (laughs) I know, but if anyone wants to tell him. Hi, Rob. (laughs) Sup? So, okay, let's talk real quick. What the heck was going on with Cheryl this entire episode? Was she in on the plan? I missed at the end when they listed off all the people, but she was not acting sympathetic. Um, I thought it was very sympathetic when she said, I'm sorry I called Jughead a hobo that day. (laughs) (laughs) She said, I'm really sorry I called Jughead a hobo. Which also, like, hobo's not actually an offensive term. It means homeward bound, and it's just, like, a a term for people on their way home. Oh, so, like, when Jughead and Archie were walking to Chicago, or Toledo, sorry. Especially (laughs) when he had his, like, weird rucksack, he was definitely a homeward bound. (laughs) Okay. I did not know that's what hobo meant. I don't know what I thought it meant, but well, people think it stands for homeless bum, but that's not what it means. I mean, bums with a that'd U. That'd be hobo. Yeah, yeah, it's a hobo. 
<laughs> yeah, the hobo is offensive, yeah. but hobo's fine. I didn't think Cheryl was uh, in the know. I think they just banked on Cheryl being nosy and following Betty around to get all the footage and stuff circulating and all. I don't think she was, to my knowledge, linked up and in the know completely. I've been reading too much fan fiction where Cheryl's like more tight with the crew and is like nicer to Betty because they're cousins. Ah. And so I was kind of expecting her to be nice. And instead, um, she's just like, I'm watching for you to not commit suicide that part seemed nice yeah and then no because that's not how you have that conversation no but she comes from a place of understanding i feel like maybe tony knew but cheryl didn't i don't know i didn't write down the list of names <laughs> yeah and i and i never write down anything well, well, i don't know how how did you guys feel about the uh the very budget standard definition documentary <laughs> that alice was putting together all episode uh i She's don't going know for a vibe here yeah okay. i don't know what you're talking about because all i saw was a high-class true crime documentary that <laughs> I'm waiting to get sent to me as a DVD from Netflix. Who's better, uh, Jughead at writing based on his voiceovers or Alice at making documentaries based on all these interviews? Well, Alice, 100%. <laughs> I, I don't have know. Another, I have a, an even better question. Who is better at taking video? Alice Cooper for this documentary with Kevin or the person who was uh, filming people's doorsteps at the start of this season? <laughs> has that come back? No. It hasn't it came back one time that there was more videos that were like zoomed in a little bit but then we never got anything else i feel like that's what they're doing with the second half of the season i hope so i hope so yeah if they leave that just unanswered (laughs) that would bother me so much i think they need to bring evelyn back so anyway evelyn is in jail okay she's on murderer's row so there's this documentary that's happening this whole time which is alice just randomly interviewing people and and kevin filming it and like there's a and there's a little bit of context at the beginning when she's like i'm gonna talk to people in the town and and be like "Ooh, when did the town get so dark first off jughead didn't die in riverdale he died a train an hour long train ride away in wherever stonewall is so nice yeah. try and nana blossom's all like this place is evil and then pop is like this place is great but also covered in blood also uh. just while we're on the list of calling people out Later on, because I don't care about the Archie and Veronica stuff that happens throughout the episode. It's really not important. Mostly they're in bed together and Hermosa walks in. So at one point, Hermosa is talking to Veronica and she's like, you committed a crime. Veronica says, I've never murdered anyone. That's a downright lie. We know for a fact that she dumped a bunch of alcohol on someone and lit them on fire. So if you're telling me that person didn't die, where are they? Yeah, but that wasn't murder because it was self-defense. Actually, I'm pretty sure she said I didn't kill anyone. So Oh, she's definitely killed at least one guy. <laughs> at least one person. Um, pretty sure there is no one in Riverdale who has not killed at least one person. I would really like that plot line to come back where it's like hey uh veronica like why did we find a burned up corpse in your speakeasy like where did that body go oh we also need the poly stuff to come back and the charles being a villain we need to bring all that back there's more stuff they just kind of like dropped at the beginning and then forgot about yeah charles is just at this point uh call me if you need any fbi work done guy also where are the twins yeah uh There was Cheryl and Tony. Do you think they're ever going to become older actors or do you think they're always going to be infinitely one year old? <laughs> they have been one years old for like three, three years. years. <laughs> so uh, I think that they should probably seek medical help. <laughs> You get like, hovered above a fire one time, and then you're just one years old forever. It's like rough, the man. the worst age to be stuck at. Yeah. So here's the thing. This investigation's happening, and there's a lot of, like, who's in on the plan. We don't know. It's not really important. As the viewer, I was trying to figure out, like... <sighs> Clearly Jughead is not dead because Betty is refusing to like open the casket and stuff like that. And it's just mostly Betty trying to trick Donna and Brett, mostly Donna, over and over with like random ploys. When she's kissing Archie, it was so clear that she's just trying to show Donna that she moved on. Except that whole thing didn't make any sense because if I was Donna, I'd be like, oh, well, you killed Jughead in order to get with Archie. Like it didn't seem like a, it didn't seem like it cleared Betty's name at all. I feel 
feel like it's so weird last week for Betty to be like, you killed the man that I love. And then this week she's macking with Archie. Also, how do you like that Donna figured out the whole thing based on the fact that she knew that Betty and Jughead needed to bone every two seconds? Yeah, yeah. She's like, I've seen your tape. I know you're a nympho. Like, what do you mean? And that was enough. She cracked the code, though. It worked. Like, she did. But they live in different towns. Betty's not there every day, is she? That we know of. Yeah, maybe she is. Remember that one time when Brett was nice and went to the gym and then came back and was like, oh, you crazy kids going at it. I'm going to miss my class if I don't shower soon. <laughs> Sounds like a... I, yeah, that does I, sound like I don't something know. that I like the. I just like to think that Brett actually did like Jughead. He's just afraid of Donna. Also, we're jumping all around. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> Um, what did you guys like about the reveal that they murdered that other kid who didn't speak ever? Yeah, that was like creepy. Do, any any guesses why they murdered him? Because he did the rock. Because he was the one who painted blood on the rock. And then the rock ended up not working as part of their plans. So I think Donna murked him. So there's just a guy who's been murdered? Yeah. And that's never going to come back up? And we're never going to know like what yeah. the whole investigation with uh, truly, his body is like, about? Truly, yes. That I was so spooked when she's like, you could end up just like Jonathan. May he rest in peace why is brett friends with these people he's too good for them i know he's too innocent and pure no 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 this is the same boy who when they met jughead said i prefer forsyth he is irredeemable (laughs) do you prefer forsyth puya i mean it's a unique name but jughead be jughead forever what about jarhead no no jarhead (laughs) for me what do you think of ponytail I mean, that's not that name. I like how all the parents at some point in this episode, about halfway through, just started calling the Stonewall kids the preppies. Yeah. I don't really think they're preppy. But then Betty continues to be like calling them the stonies <laughs> over and over. She's like, no, I'm not doing it. Gonna call um, them the stonies. Anyways, I, what I was gonna say is that Forsyth <laughs> sounds like it goes with phallus. And bequeath. They're um, all around the same. Yeah. And bequeath just not it, a great it's word. It's not on the good words pile, I think. So... <laughs> Also, Donna tells FP at one point that her and Brett were sneaking into the woods to do what teenagers do. Yeah, because so that's how clearly she means talk. play Twister. <laughs> well, they were going to make it in the woods. Oh, God. No, that's so much worse. That is so much worse. I just, what kind of person is like, we were going to do what teenagers do? Like, that could be drugs. That could be sex. That could be alcohol. That could be uh, you know what murdering I think it is? a classmate. That could no, be no, like solving a murder. No, we know from Riverdale that what teenagers do is tickle each other on video for money. Yeah. I think only gay teenagers i don't know about that have we seen a straight teenager do the tickle porn in this we don't show? we we don't know what that really giant hulking dude would he which way he swings could be a part two part of the second half of the season yeah we'll just have to see that later yeah. oh that reminds me here's something i wrote on a sticky note that i forgot to mention okay a couple things i did a couple deep dives i was on, on a youtube rabbit hole and i rediscovered uh 13 the musical which was in 2008 and you know who was the main person in 13 the musical on broadway nick St. Claire. Okay. Oh. Is the main character a rapist? No, he's like a, a, a really sweet kid. Of course. He's like a little kid who moves to like a new town. And I'm looking <laughs> at him being like, Ugh. it's like how, you know how if you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer and then you watch Cruel Intentions, you can't see her as a villain. But if you go in the other direction, you watch Cruel Intentions first and then you try to watch Buffy, you're like, wow, I cannot, cannot see you being the hero. Same kind of thing with Nick St. Clair. Another one was I was looking up my old high school's uh, literary magazine, which was, by the way, called The Quill and scroll so okay so you're a stony is what you're saying <laughs> stony stony through and through <laughs> stony baloney oh my gosh there there's just a lot of stuff in here i don't know i mean alice thinks that betty has murdered jughead and she's like it's okay i understand yeah alice just hates jughead doesn't she like this is she your your has. husband i don't know her and fp married i don't know it, it's your guy's son. son it's your stepson who's dating right. your daughter so you should care you should alice is too understanding and it's really creepy the stonies are really creepy this whole episode too donna gets like more and more manic i think she's one of my favorite actresses on this show though do you know what i love about donna all her pantsuits she like myself doesn't really have a jawline Hmm. but she still puts her hair in a low pony and i respect that so much yeah she's i I like her look very convincing job of looking evil 
Like, I would, yeah. I can see why Brett is super intimidated by her. She is very relatable, you're right. <laughs> also, I feel like Betty should have just, like, continued trying to bug that room because they mentioned multiple times, like, oh, we found one ba- bug, we smushed it. Smushed it? I don't know. Smashed it? Scrunched it? I don't know. You gotta do better than that, Betty. (laughs) Sorry, they crushed one of the bugs, and then they just go about talking about how they murdered him. Like, what if there was another bug? Well, it would have flashed a red blinking light, so they would have found it. This is the worst type of bug. Why is it blinking? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They thought that it would uh, be disguised as Brett's um, sex tape camera. Uh, All they needed to do was turn the lights off and leave that room, and then they'd see that bug. Like, that was not a great bug. And also, under the table is too conventional. Think bold. Go places no one... You know what some people don't do? Clean behind their bookcases. Toss it behind the bookcase. Boom. Never gonna find it. Yeah, you're never getting that out. Yeah, but how is she supposed to toss it behind the bookcase in front of them? I don't know. They sneak in there all the time when no one's in there. Yeah, that's true. How come they never bugged Donna's room? That's true. I mean, she (laughs) did put the pin in there. She did, like, infiltrate to put the pin there, right? So Yeah, so what we're glossing over is, like, the whole beginning of the episode is just Betty trying to continue what she she was doing at the end of the last one like setting up donna to try and make a mistake yeah wait but we we missed the one really horrifying scene of betty getting a call from yale that a spot has opened up Oof. and that she's in and then like the creepy video of alice being like so the implication is that was jughead spot how do you how do you feel about that like and I don't think that there is the implication that that's Jughead Spot, because uh, I think Loth, like, I mean, first of all, another team could have easily died in this universe, but also, like, maybe someone chose to go to a different school or, like, deferred. I mean, you would think that Yale would be like, hmm, this kid, Forsyth Pendleton Jones, who lives at this address, dies. Okay. All right, let's put Betty Cooper in. Where does she live? Oh, same address, same phone number? Yeah, this won't be weird at all. <laughs> it's like if Harry Potter died and they were like, you know what, Dudley can come to Hogwarts. They have the same address. Also, how quickly is Yale getting like the, the Twitter blast of this has happened <laughs> that they know to update and like remove him from the class? I don't know. It's really yeah. rough. I guess Jughead's not going to Yale because he's dead. Uh, oh well, there's a lot of that. And then, so Betty decides to have a funeral because she's trying to prove to Donna that Jughead is dead because around this time is when Donna suspects that Jughead is not actually dead yeah. because she thinks that Betty and FP are in it together or she, it was like either that or Betty has faked this whole rock situation. Oh my gosh, Jughead's probably alive. So I just want to stop here real quick and say, so what does Donna think happened? Like from her perspective. So I guess... We we still, we still don't know, and I, we're probably never going to know, what the heck was the point of the bunny mask? Why he put it on for two seconds and then took it off? We don't know. We have to assume that whatever Jughead's plan was before he went off to the party, because he said, I need to take care of the tape situation, which I assume he did, but we have not heard anything about that, so I'm not sure yet. So then he goes into the woods. We have to assume that he did not plan all of this whole thing with Betty beforehand. He couldn't have known that they were going to try and kill him and go, oh, well, I'll just like maybe risk it and see if I die or not. So that can't be true, which means that they must have actually tried to kill him by hitting him with a rock. And then, and we don't know how he went from like standing up talking to Brett. I think they probably blew the dust in his face as well, like they did with Betty. Then they positioned Betty over him, you know, holding the rock. And so they think he's dead, meaning I guess his brains must have actually been spilling out a little or something. I mean, he must have like looked pretty dead. Well, they also, they hit him and like maybe they knocked him out and then they had enough time to paint a second rock with blood yeah or just have have some of his blood stored yeah or they collected some of his blood i don't know which is creepier so they do that and then we assume after that betty and archie and veronica show up and jughead either comes to or they feel a heartbeat like the couple things we still don't know is why did archie reach down and say he's dead like was he knocked out to where his heart was stopped watched maybe yeah see there's a couple things where i just feel like i, I know you trust this show's writing but i really don't i think I mean, they're kind I don't of trust them to be good writers i trust that they're not making it up one episode at a time they have a larger <laughs> plan for the season well we already know that they've messed up all the dates because it's not spring break yeah they obviously didn't do any research but also dying march 18th <laughs> could fully be spring break that is when spring break is but in canada wait, they went to school the next 
day. They were in school. Yeah. Why are they in school if it's spring break? I guess because it's not over spring break. And now it's, I guess it's because more time up. has passed. Like, they just don't do a good, like, job of showing as time has passed, which is very frustrating. They also do things like specifically mention a very specific date and then put it in a year when that date doesn't work. I'm really mad about the Ides of March, guys. You know what the problem is? The problem is Love, Simon. They've really built themselves into a corner. They wanted to have Love, Simon be an episode way back in season one, and now they know that they need to set it in current present day. It could have been off by a couple years. Anyway, some listeners will know. They'll know. (laughs) What are you talking about? It was a season one episode. Love, Simon came out and they went to the Bijou and watched Love, Simon, and that was when Tony and Cheryl met. Might have been season two. Yeah, yeah, we haven't podcasted about that, so it was definitely season two. Okay, I'm sorry. And I have no recollection of that. <laughs> really excited to watch that episode. All right, go ahead, Pooja. So, so I think the, so. To go back to the Donna thing, I think Donna's never been fooled, or her plans have never gone wrong. So the fact that I think once The Rock didn't give her the result she wanted, that's when she's like, "If my plan's not going right, there's another plan that's trying to fool my plan up." And then right. that's when she d- dives into the, oh my, okay, so then you must be keeping Jughead alive. What's going on? Or you're trying to exonerate yourself. And then, like, the it keeps going. And, like, the audacity to try and get the casket open at the funeral, too. And that, I love Brett being like, you heard her. She told me to do it. So, <laughs> <She> obviously, <told laughs> I have to do it. <laughs> so I, I would have loved it. He was like, look, dude, there's four of us, but there's only three here. It's because she already killed one <laughs> yes. of us. I have to do what she says. So, you gonna let me open this casket? or should I pick my own? I'm sorry. We completely glossed over the fact that Sweet Pea is back. Yeah. First time in season four. <laughs> like, that's great. At the funeral. I Well, he has to be there for the musical episode again. Okay, well, there was a lot of suspe- suspicion that Sweet Pea was actually Jughead. Like, in the scene where Jughead walks into the woods and takes the bunny mask off, a lot of people, like, screenshotted it and thought it was Sweet Pea because he looked, I don't know, his face looked different. Hmm. I don't think it was. I think Cole Sprouse just had a bad day. <laughs> But, you know. I mean, he got hit with a rock, okay? <laughs> Maybe they had to shoot out of order and his face was swollen. Okay, so what is the plan? Like, the plan, I assume, is get Donna and Brett to somehow slip up and accidentally say that they tried to kill Jughead, mm-hmm. at which point they get arrested? Yeah, arrested for attempted murder. Okay, but arresting people means nothing in Riverdale. Everyone gets out of jail in like a day. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they'll probably just go to Hiram's jail and Hiram's gonna be like, hey, I heard you're uh, pretty evil. <laughs> Wanna be my hench people? I love evil kids. <laughs> And then he'll let him out. He'll give him keys. Also, uh, we don't know what point FP was in on this plan because he does quit being sheriff at one point. And I feel like the scene at the funeral is like the most, the most FP acted like Jughead was dead. The most anyone acted like Jughead was dead. Okay, you know what? No, FP must have been on, in on it since the coroner because that's when he yeah. saw Jughead's fake dead body. Yeah, the coroner's in on it. Yeah, yeah. that was specifically mentioned. I, I specifically remember her saying, Dr. Curdle Jr. I couldn't How remember his name. How many small bills do you think they had to pay him to be in on it? I mean, the... Because you know he doesn't take large bills. All right, I'm still stuck on why they had to burn Jughead's beanie and all their clothes. <laughs> like, I don't, none of this yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so at some point at the out there in the woods... Charles told them to. He's alive, and they notice he's alive. But then, what, Jughead in the midst of all is like, guys, I've devised a plan. They think I'm dead. Let's take him down. But first, burn everything. And... <laughs> They're like, this guy's concussed, but we're going to listen to him because he's It's a galaxy brain moment. (laughs) It is. Yeah. So, and then they hide him in the bang bunker, which I totally predicted. That was obviously true. Well, yeah, he had to be there. Otherwise, there's no reason for Penelope to no longer be imprisoned there. Okay. So we know that they plan at least a couple of episodes in advance. Yeah. Because the bang bunker has been freed up. Also, there was like, it was only for a split second. But when there's a little shot of Donna, like looking around at her surroundings before she runs out. And you see there is a bathroom. So they weren't lying. There is a bathroom okay, down good. there. I'm very I'm very satisfied. This was bugging me. Yeah. I didn't notice that because I'm it's not really some quick. weirdo who's obsessed with bathrooms. Well I just like continuity. Yeah, I mean I would like to hope they're not litter boxing it down there. Um, I could see them locking the bathroom to make Penelope litter box it. Uh, Why do people keep going to the bang bunker? It's like totally not safe. There is not one person who has not been there. Why is it shut down? That bunker must smell so bad (laughs) because it's always locked and then it's just always teens having sex. (laughs) 
Like, yeah. I don't want to imagine. Like, it, I, I'm sure it smells so gross. Oh, and you're eating burgers afterwards. So, like, it's just fast food and sex. So, well, yeah, what are you supposed to do after sex but have a burger and a milkshake? That burger is not going to be good, and the milkshake is going to be melted. And that's a really big blunder by Betty. I mean, if you're purposely trying to trick Donna into yeah. following you, maybe just take two milkshakes. Yeah. Maybe just skip the milkshake for yourself this time around. <laughs> yeah, having three milkshakes was a rookie, rookie, rookie mistake. Yeah, I also think that it's like basically this confirms that uh that she did in fact need to go continue seeing Jughead to bang it out every couple days yeah. or hours. Yeah, it's true. This is why they have to go to the same college uh because if they're in different towns they'll never last because they need to constantly bang. All right, here's what I did like about this episode. I really liked the creative use of one of the scenes that we had seen in the flash forward and giving new context, the one where Betty is talking with Archie and Pops about how she knows that he's not coming back and then we see Cheryl overhearing it and so we know that it was like a whole fake conversation. That was good. Appreciated that. Good times. I think Veronica yelling at Archie at school and then Tony just going, that's right, you tell him, girl, was pretty good. <laughs> I liked that part. They also flipped the scene where uh, Brad is like, I guess it's just the two of us going mm-hmm. to Yale because Betty also got accepted to Yale this episode. Uh, I also, right. it's weird that Yale personally called her. Pulia, can you ask Liana if Yale does that? Sure, I can do that <laughs> i just love that for, like even though they've called her but brett somehow knows this already and he's like see you in new haven i guess this really feeds into tom palmer's theory that brett has a crush on betty because he probably called yale and said hey jughead's dead but you know who else lives at this address <laughs> ponytail you should accept her and put us in the same dorm room that's that's gonna be great yeah <laughs> so this is all happening there's like a random subplot with Hermosa trying to figure out what Veronica's up to. We were right. She called Barnard and was just like, hey, you weren't actually accepted. You're under scrutiny. Oh, but Which- also, wait a second. That is not how that works because universities actually uh, are bound by the uh, Freedom of Information and Personal Privacy Act. Even if it's someone's parent, they can't tell you if the kid is uh, going or not, even if they're underage. You're forgetting that Hermosa is a private investigator. Yeah, but she and said also that all she did was call Owner? and pretend to be Hermione, which is would no, not work be because Veronica. that's illegal. No, she said she pretended to be her mom. What's it? Oh, no. okay. My bad. At least I think that's what I heard, but I was also at work while I watched, so I <laughs> could have been wrong and then Puya's right. So it sounds like Hiram is still not in on this whole scheme. No. I mean, would you and want like Hiram the, in on the scheme? No, I'm just saying he's like one of the few people who aren't. I really don't understand why they had Alice be in the dark for so long. And like, I guess FP was just lying to Alice. That's weird. Yeah, they just let lied to her and let her make her little documentary for nothing i mean for nothing no for our enjoyment alice was probably like oh poor fp we must feel so sad about all this let me make it up to you and he was like yeah i'm really sad (laughs) where do you think betty got it from (laughs) exactly Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, everything is right except for this one line where all my predictions are right except for when Betty was like, Alice, I need to tell you something off the record. And I really thought she was going to say she was pregnant. Don't know why, but that was like, oh my God, she's going to tell her that. And then no, she just Baby told her the truth. I mean, Alice <sighs> already had a teen pregnancy and Polly had a teen pregnancy. You really think they're going to also give Betty one? They I might. Know. You know what? They might. Actually, yeah. as I said it, I talked myself into it. They love recycling plot lines. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Alice like ends the conversations in the documentary with outing that Jughead's still alive, which was kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. Do what you the think point the documentary, documentary got released in the future? I don't know. This, who's gonna buy this? Yeah. Like, this Me. has got to be just like a home video that Alice is doing for herself. Do you think that she'll just put a copy on everyone's front doorstep? I mean, that would be good. That would be pretty good. <laughs> All right. So clearly, we're having Jughead be dead for a little while so that he can. I guess still figure out this whole chipping mystery, which we don't know about the whole chipping slash Baxter Brothers thing. Yeah. And apparently, really know about. probably still gonna write a book. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of don't care about any of this anymore, but I assume this is what's also gonna happen for the later part of the season. So we get some news at the end from Hermosa that she tracked down some information on Donna and uh, she's clearly related to someone important here. Any guesses? I saw a theory that she's related to Penny Peabody. Huh. 
Okay. I think it's more likely that she's related to like uh, DuPont. Yeah, I could see that. Um, Just for what? this season. Or, or honey. Wait, what if? <laughs> she's related to. No, but Mr. Honey is so nice. He's always the most normal person. Yeah, we like, we like Principal Honey. Okay, um, yeah. what if? Okay, hear me out, okay? So Forsyth Pendleton Jones the first abandoned his family. He started right. a new family. Mm. And that family has a daughter, Donna Sweet. What if she's the daughter of Bellatrix Lestrange and Voldemort? I could see that. I would stand her if that was the case. You would okay. stand her? The child of Voldemort and Bellatrix Lestrange? Yes. Do you know how many fan fictions I've read where Hermione is secretly that child? A lot. Okay, this is we're now we're just really off In topic. Um <laughs> I I okay, I like this idea that she's related to Jughead. I think that could potentially work. I guess, but that means like she's also related to Charles and everyone else. Yeah, but like then it makes sense like she's mad because her family like didn't give her love and shipped her off to boarding school and Jughead gets to like be in, in a family that loves him and has all the writing talent and whatever. That could be um that could be an important thing. I guess that's possible. I don't know. I guess the the part for me is like why would her father slash I guess grandfather be like he's he's poor and lives in the woods in a trailer maybe or maybe he's dead. We um, still don't really know. Maybe he that doesn't was really, him. really live in there. Yeah, I don't think that was him. I, I think she's gonna be. I'm gonna say I'm putting my stake on her being related to Dupont. I mean, I don't care who she's related to. We know that she won the short story contest, just like Jughead was given a scholarship based on a short story well like in class when they had them all write yes a, a, a murder mystery or whatever she was the one who won that one and which that is was why when... it's really weird that Jughead got the contract it is well I mean I think this whole contract is a plan schemed up by DuPont and Donna and they're like let's get Jughead in and then we're gonna like make him be but a like, plagiarizer and why do they want to kill and him we're so kill bad him because he's getting too close to figuring out why she killed Chipping. But, like, if they just were nice to him, he would have been like, cool, I have friends, and then never investigated it again, and only Betty would be investigating it. She also helped him play chess. She also drugged him. Yeah, and put him in a coffin. That's the thing. The, the whole stuff with her and Brett trying to be like, oh, FP, Betty, and Veronica, and Archie, they're the ones who killed him. It's like, dude, FP's like, yeah, girl, I've been, like, hearing stories about you for a year now. You guys suck. Yeah. Like, you're not friends with him. Like, you clearly killed him. Yeah, Ugh. it's just weird. So, I guess I guess Jughead's gonna solve the murder, and then they're going to somehow make him come back to life. He'll, and he'll then be like, he'll get ah, I'm alive spot the whole time. At Yale. Because yeah, they're but, from the same dorm room. And then Betty and Jughead get to go to Yale. I feel bad for, like, Cheryl and Kevin and everyone who doesn't know that Jughead's actually alive. Uh, like, they're used to teens dying. I feel like if I was Kevin and I'm Betty's best friend, I'd be like, wow, Betty, like, you literally did all this horrible stuff and you made me believe in Barchi and that's all I wanted. So do you guys think the Barchi's gonna be a thing like moving forward at all? I think that it will be a thing for one episode. Really? And then they'll like cut it off. Mm, I, I could I see I think it, it'll get resolved fast. No, nah, I could see it being a thing like a major thing later because also the thing yeah. is we so assuming that Jughead takes back his Yale spot means Betty will not have one. So then does Betty stick around? <laughs> Why is this how Yale works? <laughs> Just that I No, but Brett school. won't be able to go because he'll be a murderer. So there'll be another open spot. Yeah. And then I, it's crazy that she was next on the list to get in. Yeah. Just again, it goes back to the same address. We've already been sending them stuff there, correspondence there. Make our lives easier. It's just easier. Yeah. Logistically. Yeah. It just makes sense. I think the CW messed up with Riverdale by making these two endgame couples. Like they're, what they should have been doing was every couple, you know, twice a season or so having everyone sort of mix up and interdate like that's what they're good at mm -hmm. and they kind of did that for a little while with like veronica dating reggie and they stuff should have done the like where one couple is immediately together forever like the chandler monica cc schmidt type couple and then the other couple is on again off again like the ross well, and rachel or the right well they kind of did that the problem was the couple that they made together forever was betty and jughead yeah and yeah no that, that was the right one to put together forever yeah i i just don't like I mean, from the first several episodes of the season, I felt like there was very clear tension building between Betty and Jughead where she was going to break up with him. Yeah. Like, it felt like it to me. That was just And then they kind of went away tension. with that. <laughs> 
right? Because they were really broken up. I'm not going to believe it until it's announced, until I see one of them married to someone else. They're I mean, still even together. Then, they still could be each other's side action. That's true. That's true. Anyway, I don't know. I feel like this show made it weird now by like having the two people tell their significant others they're going to be together forever and then sending flirty text messages. It's just kind of weird. Like it just came out of nowhere that Betty and Archie like each other. Well, but they kissed. Just through well, one kiss. Well, I think you know what? Sometimes out in the bunker. one kiss is all it takes. Don't do this. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we only listen to uh, Dua Lipa's other uh, other songs and other rules. So wait, all so, right. So dur- the, during the Veronica Reggie stuff, that's when I fell off and then binged all of it. So I missed all the internet stuff. Did they go by Veggie or no? Well, we certainly called them Veggie. Good. We called them Veggie. <laughs> okay. uh, it's the only ship name I endorse. Yeah. No, we like Coos and Moving. No, we don't actually like those. We just made them up. <laughs> Uh, Coos and Moovin were my favorites. I'm really sorry that I mean, that's the same ship. That's just the two options we came up with. And I think we settled on Moovin. (laughs) I think we settled on Moovin. I had it on a sticky note, but then I threw that away. It's somewhere. Is it on the um, KowskiCast website? It's definitely on the KowskiCast.com. KowskiCast.com slash Riverdale. Let's look. Riverdale. And then we scroll down. Easy to to navigate our website. All right, let's see. I I have listed under our, by the way, Wait, Puya, in, in case you haven't checked out our website, we have this list of things that are totally canon that are definitely wrong. We we have said that it's called the Bang Bunker, aka the Banker. The Banker. <laughs> the banker. That was such a good moment for me when I <laughs> when I named it. We we know that it took Archie and Jughead 16 days to walk to Toledo, so that's definitely a thing. That was a Google Maps. That had to be true. I have written down here that Nico and Leo are totally the same person. I do not know who those people. I don't remember this. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know who Nico or Leo are, so I do believe that they could be the same person. Faven apparently is a ship name. I don't remember. I think that's Fangs and Kevin, maybe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we have the ship name is Movin, not Coos. Oh yeah. So that's a good one. We kept forgetting what Clifford's twin brother was named, so we just kept calling him Howard. <laughs> and apparently, I don't that's remember that. Don't remember what his actual brother's name is. It's not Howard, but anyway. I and don't then, know. Howard sounds right. <laughs> that's the problem. And then our favorite one that has yet to be resolved <laughs> is that there's definitely a camera or a recording device inside the painting of Veronica that's in the speakeasy. Yeah. No, I could see that. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any like theories or head cannons about Riverdale that you'd like us to add to this list? Oof. Okay, on the spot. Okay, off. Sorry, I should have prepped you. I will get also back throughout to you. all of season three. Okay. There was a tent city in the back of the Andrews household where all the serpents were living. It was right behind Fred Andrews' house. Yeah, yep. Because you know he would definitely let them use his bathroom and feed them and stuff. Because Fred Andrews was like the nice river daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was the nice river daddy, and then there was like the the cool river daddy. That's FP, and then there was the river daddy that didn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> that's sure Keller. And then there's a river daddy that only sometimes looks like a daddy and sometimes looks just swollen. And that's Hiram. <laughs> Poor Hiram. Right. So have we not seen, just because it just came out of my mind, we haven't seen the uh, the gym since Archie gave it to control by, um uh what's her name? Who's controlling the gym right now? Oh, yeah. So Archie went to school that one day, leaving it with uh, Mad Dog's Mad grandma, mom. and yeah. then never went back. So yeah, where's Mad Dog? Did he just get a scholarship and then leave school? He's... Oh yeah, he's already at Notre Dame, I guess. Um, but more importantly, I thought of something to add to that canon list, Mary, from last time or two oh, t- sure. episodes ago. That cheerleading coach is definitely dead in her office. Oh right, the Cheryl cheerleading never coach let yeah. her out. Well, is definitely dead. <laughs> yeah, we just never saw her again. She's locked in the office. Also, here's another one. So it's not part of the list, but it's something I noticed in this episode. So in the scene where Betty is packing up some stuff from Jughead's room and putting it in that box and then Brett comes in, there's a picture of him and Archie. Mm -hmm. And then there's a picture of herself in a cheerleading outfit. But do you Betty think has that, not been a cheerleader for seasons. Okay, but do you think that's actually her being a cheerleader, or did that she just put it on for sex reasons? Oh, that's a good point. Very good point. Because you know she can't go without <laughs> nothing, nothing like that. Uh, that sweet, sweet D from your teenage boyfriend. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know they like to go off and do what teenagers do. Yeah, yeah. They, they like to make it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Make oh it in the God. woods. <laughs> Which is just the grossest way to say having sex. Uh Make it. I can't, We're gonna make it. I can't it. do math right now, but what are October, you making? You're just practicing. October 2001 to March 2020. Is that 18? Is he 19? How old is Chuckhead? He will be 19 in October. Yeah. Is okay. how years work. So he is a little <laughs> bit on the older side then. Yeah, still a teen. Uh, but he's a pretty young teen. I mean, October is pretty early to have a birthday in the school year. Yeah, that's true. Cut off September, so. See, it. Di- I just don't understand. I feel like it's di- it's different in Canada because I should. If you're born in October, it either means you're like a baby of your grade or you're like one of yeah, the Yeah, like, so my birthday is November and I was always the baby of my grade. Oh, you must have been like a major baby then. Well, Because like November like, birthdays were relatively old if you were like the older yeah because like basically we moved to ontario and on ontario they have junior kindergarten and senior kindergarten and they said uh based on when kirsten's birthday is you can choose if she starts in junior kindergarten or senior kindergarten those little four-year-olds are like man i have senioritis (laughs) well because like literally in junior kindergarten sometimes there'll be like three-year-old kids in junior kindergarten and i was like gonna turn five soon so my mom was like she's smart she already knows the alphabet put her in senior kindergarten and then uh that's where they put me and then at another point they were like kirsten should maybe skip a grade and then my mom was like she's already young than everyone else we're not doing that that's horrible yeah well that was riveting um, yeah you're welcome <laughs> i know you really cared about that story i don't know do any of you have anything else to say about this episode a little unconventional today but i think we had fun we need a most normal person and i am at a great loss i think there's a couple pop i think okay. no pop cannot win <laughs> yeah pop was super normal <laughs> we already gave pop tate his honorary mention Kate, for episode but there's nine no rule saying that pop can't be the most normal person pop was not the only normal there were plenty of other normal people Who? in this episode. I think Tony was pretty normal. She was actually in it less no. than Pop. Wait, actually, I'm gonna take her out of it because I think it's weird to, in a documentary, mention that you spent a night with a guy who's dead. Yeah, well, that's not, that, not normal. That is a little weird. Oh yeah, that was like my really, one thing especially to, to his stepmom. Yeah. Also, that was not when you guys became friends. That was like the last time we saw you as friends. Yeah. So and nice then you try. never talked again. <sighs> yeah, you could have been like, man, that one time when he stood up for me or for the gang before he was in the gang i don't know you know what else i want to know where are the pretty poisons they don't exist peaches left with mad dog huh is that why sweet pea's back can sweet pea be the most normal uh is jelly (laughs) wait jelly bean was in this episode yeah jelly bean's in on the murder plan though i don't think anyone who's in on this plan can be the most normal (laughs) well but that's like everybody I don't so know. then does that mean it has to be Alice because she didn't find out until the end? No. no. She is a, a journalist. No, making a documentary is not out she of character. She told Betty that she understood why she needed to kill yeah. her boyfriend. I think that that didn't happen what? because when you said it before, I was like, I don't remember seeing that. This definitely and happened. Now Alice said was like, again. listen, Betty. She came in before she was going to get interrogated and she's like, Betty, I understand. I know you didn't mean to do it, but I know how much you wanted to go to Yale. <laughs> I think that she was just trying, like, to use coercive interrogation techniques to get Betty to confess, like in the satanic panic when people coerce children into saying, like, crazy crap happened to them that never happened. No one in the Cooper Joan household is normal in this episode. Okay, well. Rejected. Is Hermosa the most normal? No, because she hands Veronica a passport to flee the country. <laughs> Although I think that the I don't know where she got a passport photo of Veronica in that blonde wig. So quickly too, <laughs> like damn. And it was put to like I feel like getting fake documents takes a while. Do you think Armosa has been working on this plan to get Veronica out of the country for months? My knowledge of making fake passports is from Breaking Dawn. And, and it, took it takes weeks. like a week. It took like a week. No, it took week. I don't know. That book was confusing. Yeah, Time passed. Was bad and so was the None movie. of them age, and then one of them aged really fast. It's just confusing. So it's not Hermosa. Also, Veronica has better learned at this point, like since Betty didn't, that she needs to destroy that document. Because if anyone from Barnard comes Boom. and finds that she has a sp- suspicious fake passport, like she what? better have shredded that thing. <laughs> no, but what if she keeps the passport and then applies to Barnard under the name Monica Posh? You're right. <laughs> That's a flawless plan right there. <laughs> I have I see no holes. 
I mean, if they can get a perfect passport, I bet they could get perfect school transcripts. Was Principal Honey in this episode? No. no. Okay. Is Kevin the most normal? I kind of think it's Kevin. Kevin's just standing his two friends to be together. No, that was weird. No, no, no. He's been doing that weird. No, no, it's not. No, Kevin Kevin is like, I've been waiting since sophomore year. It's going to happen. No, that was weird. Like, he's too invested in who Betty's hooking up with. He's too okay with Betty immediately moving on when Jughead dies. Like, that's not normal. A lot of talk about how people aren't normal, and we have not found anyone who is. What about, because. I have a crazy one. Okay, what about, right. okay, Brett. So he is coming off the spell. Yeah, he's just scared of dying. Yeah. I love this one. And he like went to open the casket because he was forced to. And then he tried to move out and be like, listen, he's dead. Let's move on. And she was like, no. I think he might yeah, be the most he, normal, even though I hate his guts. No, I think you're right. And he's like, we got to move on from this. We lost. And Donna's like, I'll effing kill you. <laughs> okay, I will give it. I Because I'm tired of having this discussion, <laughs> we can give it to Brett. I could do this all day. But I will say there is one scene that makes me think he's very not normal, which is his friend Jonathan has been cold-bloodedly murdered, and he's just playing video games in his room. He's in shock. Atari. Like, th- it's normal to be in shock when someone gets murdered and you're afraid you might be next. He's just coping he's with running video out games? of friends. He had a limited number of friends to begin with. He's he just thought he had Jughead. Then he had to murder him. Then he had to murder Jonathan. He's got no one. I think Brett's the most normal person of the episode. <laughs> All right. Brett, sad boy, McGee. Okay. Wow. Cool. It could have also been those kids who were like, mm, Archie, you know, we'd love to be at your gym, but we think you're a murderer. Oh, yeah. So also, he was at like the gym. Oh, yeah, yeah, briefly. In this episode, he was at the gym. So good job on the continuity issue, Pooja. Oops. Well, because so Archie has enough time to like go to the gym to lead a class. The only thing Archie can't do is graduate while doing these things. Veronica can, he can't. So that's the one thing okay, he can't do. Here's the thing. Just to get real for a second. I have been in high school when people have tragically died, potentially in a uh, homicide-like situation. And let me tell you, at no point does anyone, even if like, even if there had been a rumor, you would never start talking about how you think they might still be alive because of a rumor. Like that is so, just on the chance, the very real chance that that's not true that is so insensitive and so i thought it was just really unrealistic to see like kevin and reggie being like oh yeah jughead's probably alive oh sucker like beat me to the punch of that senior prank like that's horrible that none of this the emotion for these last two episodes have been completely off at no point does anyone seem sad this is the third mm, now what is like the fourth funeral maybe of riverdale because we had midge's funeral too i forgot about that one and we had didn't we have another one this season we had midges we had fred andrews and i felt like there was another one jason blossom jason blossoms like all of these funerals have been very emotional and real obviously fred andrews was the most so but like even jason blossoms back in the first season everyone was sad even if they didn't really know him or like him or like cheryl or whatever no one except for fp when he was trying to give a speech then walked away crying probably because he's like i can't fake this in front of all these people no No, one seemed sad pretended to be an alcoholic for like two seasons i think he could fake being sad I, i think he was an alcoholic. Yeah. No, it was your theory that he pretended to be an alcoholic, Mary. <laughs> That's right. It was my theory. <laughs> he did say, he did say, we all have to play our part. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it's really weird, and I don't like it. What, like, I don't I guess there's, what, seven episodes left? What was this, 15, I guess, if we're doing 22? Hopefully they do us a favor and take a week off the week of know-it-alls again. That would be nice. Because otherwise, be nice for us. it'll be delayed, but... and everyone can get over that. Well, this was a fun chat. Yeah, anyways. I enjoyed Went through this a lot of things. Much. Yeah. Hopefully next week goes back to a little bit more normalcy. I think, uh, should we make a guess at how soon before Jughead becomes alive again to the, like the general public? Matt, over under one and a half episodes. Yeah, I'd say at the end of the, not the next one, but the one after. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. So at the end yeah. of the next, not the, yeah. yeah. Two. Gives us one more to figure out the whole Donna situation. One more to like rat her yeah. out and get her arrested. And then by the end, be done. Yep. So I think that's it. Okay. That's pretty, I'm Mary, do it. we have any um, iTunes reviews? We do. We also, so this 
uh, I have a couple things. First off, I would just like to read, because we read Noah's <laughs> message from last week, Noah sent another message for this episode where they say, says, never mind, literally screw this show. There's <laughs> way too many conversations between people that are in on it that happen behind closed doors that imply this wasn't a setup. I'm beyond triggered, but what should I expect? Also mega triggered that they teased us with Barchi. So Noah's on the same page as all of us in general. Uh, they were very, very convinced that Jughead was actually dead, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, sorry for, I'm sorry for that, that you happening. fell for the CW subpar storytelling. Like, that's on you. Okay. Well, it was a clever ruse. <laughs> okay, we have another one. This one is from Lizzie is listening to podcasts. Lizzie, first name, last name, is listening to podcasts. Five stars. Misery loves company. This podcast makes me feel less insane about watching Riverdale every week. I love your takes, and you also help me understand what is even happening. Thanks. Keep it up. Thank you, Lizzie. Thanks for being a nice reviewer. We love those. Do you want me to be mean or do you want to say it nice? No, you can. Can you say it nice? (laughs) Okay. Guys, we're just two women who are humans who are trying our best. And it would really make us feel better about our endeavors to talk about this insane show. If you would just hop onto iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use, pop in a five-star review and just write us a little note saying thanks. Uh, Because you know what? The world's a sad, scary place and we could all use a little light right now. And if you write something uh, funny or mean, we'll have to read it anyways. So really best of both worlds. And I will read ship names if you put it in a five-star review. So thanks in advance for your consideration. (laughs) I resent the fact that you think I'm a human, but okay. I mean, I'm a human woman. All right. That makes one of us. I'm also not trying my best, but Mary's trying her best. I have to come back from last episode where I did not try my best. I apologize. I mean, you were just missing for like five minutes. You're fine. It's fine. This episode this week was called To Die For, which based on my first Google search was a 1995 criminal comedy drama film. That's a movie that can't figure out what genre it's in. I'm all Um, in. I want to watch it. Starring Nicole Kidman, who's a weather reporter at her small town cable station, but dreams of being a big time news anchor. I'm just going to stop there. And I don't know what makes it a comedy drama film with criminal action, but I assume the weather gets real dangerous. Do you think there's a Sharknado? I mean, definitely. (laughs) That's the prequel. There always is. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week. Puya, thank you for putting up with us. Puya, where can people find you? Uh, You can find me on all major platforms at Puyaism. I had a lot of fun. Thank you guys for throwing the invite my way. This is... This was the my favorite episode of Riverdale now because I got to talk about it with people and not Aww. feel crazy. So, appreciate it. That's so nice. Puya, if you ever want to come back around, let us know. If you want to come back for some season two episodes that we're getting to eventually, yeah. also let okay. us know on that one. So I know you like season two. I do. And if people liked what they heard from Puya today, make sure to check out the Masked Singer Rehab Up over on the reality TV Rehab Up Speed. We are famously a partner podcast of Promise Podcast. <laughs> So it's a one-way partnership, but it's very clear. Yeah, exactly. So check that out. You'll also be able to hear all three of us doing Big Brother Canada updates this year. That's right. So uh, check that out. Yeah. And Big Brother Canada, it may be season eight, but you can pop right in for the first time. No need to go back and rewatch all seven yeah, seasons. No history. There, I, I'm sorry. There's only been six seasons. They actually skipped the sixth one. So uh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, that's what happened. Anyway. All right. Everyone, you can find Kirsten online everywhere at Kirsten Said What. You can find me everywhere at Frail Mary, and you can find the podcast at Kowski Cast or on KowskiCast.com. That's cow with a K. Until next time, bye. <laughs> Make it in the woods. My friends at work call me Gator, and I still haven't figured out why. (laughs) (laughs) Gator.